Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Golden Knights' Brett Howden was among 22 restricted free agents to file for arbitration on Wednesday. Will the team continue negotiations before the arbitration hearing, which is scheduled for sometime later this month or early August? Hi, everyone. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas, home of the MSG Sphere. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. Subscribe on the YouTube channel, Lockdown Golden Knights. Find us on Twitter at TD Chris G. That's him. I'm at Tony Dasco at Lockdown VTK. And make sure that you find our podcast wherever you get your podcast. So, Chris, if history does indeed repeat itself with the Golden Knights franchise, VGK will probably settle Brett Howden's contract before it reaches the arbiter in this case. Uh, the case could be heard, as we mentioned, sometime later in July or early August. So, first, some past arbitration history, right? Because we kind of touched on this a little bit yesterday because you saw the deadline coming up uh, yesterday on Wednesday. Uh, typically, VGK has avoided arbitration except for once, right? I think that that was our history. Uh, Nate Schmidt, um, he went to the arbitrator and his salary went from $1 million to a two-year $4.4 million contract. William Carlson. That uh, case, of course, well-documented. Uh, season number one uh, scored 43 goals in the season, was making about a million. And then he settled before it reached the arbiter. It was a one-year $5.25 million contract. And a year later, of course, that escalated to $6 million plus. And Keegan Colasar avoided car, uh, arbitration for the VGK. So so Brett Howden, Brett Howden. Does he really deserve Mr. Arbiter? Uh, does he really deserve more than the offer of one and a half million dollars? That's what he made this past season. And you have to make an offer sheet of at least 100 uh, percent what they made the past previous season. And I say absolutely not. I say no. He does not deserve more than one and a half. I'm a little bit stingy these days because of a salary cap. 54 regular season games played 13 points. 10 points in 22 playoff games. And VGK also now is up against the cap, and they can ill afford to pay more than $1.5 million, right? Uh, there's a little bit of room. There's obviously a few more things that can – the two-way contracts will really determine how much exactly they can pay for Howden. Um, I think I've read up to right now with Howden not on the books – they're sitting right around three and a half million dollars. And that's also without Robin Leonard on the books. Uh, that's obviously has to happen. Um, so three and a half million. I mean, they can afford it. Um, it would be nice to not have to pay him much more than 1.5. So you do have some money left to do something in the off season. I got to think McCrimmon's got something else coming, but that's obviously, um, probably not happening anytime soon, but it's a tale of two players, right? So in column A, you have the Brett Howden, who the season previous to the, this is the 21 22 season. Uh, we're looking at da, 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 13, nine goals, right? Nine goals. 
Yeah. So basically he had, he had a regression year over year in the regular season. He had 20 points. Help his case. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. That's my point. He had 20 points, 47 games, and then 22, 23, 13 points, 54 regular season games. Now, and, and that's obviously the Brett Howden that the Golden Knights are trying to pay. Now, column B, you have the Brett Howden who's going to say, I'm the line two winger alongside of Mark I have Stone. my own line. I have, I my, have own, my own line. Exactly. Like the Brett Howden line. Exactly. And then on that guy that's on that line, I'm, I'm a line two winger that got 10 points in the playoffs. Pay me. And I think this is honestly probably more of a placeholder. I don't know if this necessarily will go to arbitration. If it does, I don't think the Golden Knights have a whole lot to fear, honestly, in this case, because I think the arbiter will look at not just the playoff performance, but the regular season performance. And I mean, what's the most, like, what is the most an arbiter is going to give him? 1.875, you know, right. something he won't, along those it won't lines. Be two, it won't be 2 million. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think it's a 2 million dollars. And I think the Golden Knights were smart in saying, okay, here's your qualifying offer. And then now you get down to brass taxes and negotiate and try and get it worked out, of course, before. The arbiter has to get involved because that's not a great look for anybody. But if it gets to that point, so be it. Neither I mean Brett Howden probably has more to gain than lose by going to arbitration in this case. So so Calabunga Chris. Uh okay, so stats from the previous seasons. Wow, you did get sunburned. Uh, stats from the previous seasons. Uh, these are the arguments that they look for. Uh players length of service with VGK two two seasons and in the league think it was three years with the Rangers uh, overall uh, contributions to the team's success. They will look at. And uh, again, you know, does he have special qualities, which is I, something that I really never uh, looked at when a player went to, to arbitration. So special qualities being, does he have leadership qualities? Does he have popular appeal? When he has his own line, that should be popular enough. No, I mean, he doesn't really have either. I mean, He's he's one of those depth guys who they need in this lineup, uh, again, for continuity and consistency and chemistry's sake, uh, but they could live without a Brett Howden. Right? He's not he's not a lock to, to be on the roster day one, the opening night 18 skater roster. He's not a lock to be in the top 12 forwards. Um, You know, there will be some competition. You're going to have Cotter and Dorothy of you know, looking at people like Howden, looking at Amadio, looking at those types, even all the way down to Colasar, depending on how that looks. So Howden is not a lock to have his own line, let alone be in the lineup on day one. Now, will Howden, assuming all goes well with whatever happens in the offseason with his contract, will he be on the ice for probably 50-plus games? Yes. Will he get between 15 and 25 points? Yes. If the Golden Knights have 22 playoff games played, will he get 10 more points? Maybe. I mean, how much of Brett Howden's 10 points scored were just a a result, a product of the overall scoring just going absolutely bonkers throughout the playoffs? I mean, the Golden Knights were scoring on every single opponent at will. We haven't seen this type of scoring out of the Golden Knights ever, 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 ever. Yeah. ever. End of story. So there has to be a little bit of, OK, you know, he was a part of this amazing uh unsustainable there you go tony first time today this amazing unsustainable lightning in a bottle um in the playoffs and good for howden like good for him he was great 10 points out of uh you know someone who had uh 13 points in the regular season that's remarkable uh it certainly helped would the golden knights have lost the stanley cup if howden didn't have 10 points i don't think so yeah 
And if you are Brett Howden's agent, you'll go in there armed also with any uh, comparables to any other player that could be in his his uh, realm. Whoa. Ooh. Ooh. I mean, the, do, you, do you have that? Do you oh, have that information? Uh, no. Okay. I don't know who, who's comparable to Howden. I mean, he's in a class by himself. He's a really good complimentary player is what Brett Howden is. Absolutely. Right? He's he's a Swiss Army type. He can play center on the lower six. He can play wing on the upper six when needed. And he's that player that every single National Hockey League team needs to, you know, make a deep run, like a Matt Carpenter type, like a Pierre-Edward Belmer type, you know, uh, Tomas Nosek, who's still a free agent to this day. I, I you actually like mentioned. Him. I, I like him as a player. And Cassidy, you had alluded to in one of your articles on Vegas Hockey Now, a little plug in there for you. I'll take uh, it. Yeah, but you alluded to the fact that he could be a good fit. He is such a heavy player. I've always liked the game of Tomas Nosek. Yeah, I mean, Nosek, he's fun. He's a good dude. I rode in uh, the high roller with him once, and it was fun <laughs> listening to him talk and all that. And he's not going to score a ton of points, but he will play 75 games. I mean, that's what he did with Cassidy. Uh, he played 75 regular season games and uh, all seven of their playoff games when they lost to the Hurricanes a couple seasons ago. And he knows the Golden Knights, obviously. He knows his way around Summerlin. He knows his way around T-Mobile. And you can never have enough depth at all positions, as we have learned uh, throughout uh, the Golden Knights history, especially the last two seasons with all the injury issues. So you're saying about 1.8. One, one eight seven five. That's my, that's my number. Um, if the two if the two teams agree, maybe one seven five. If it goes to arbitration, which I doubt it will, I'll go one eight one eight seven five. Okay, and I think he's probably wanting about two million. But I think we'll you're probably right, honestly. And uh, this comes again. Winning hurts, of course. Arbitration hurts too. Arbitration hurts. That's funny. Goaltender Logan Thompson was suited up at development camp on yesterday. We talk about LT and our continuing, continuing lack of confidence in the goaltending position for VGK. Perfect buildup. Perfect buildup. <laughs> Back with more after this on Lockdown Golden Knights. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you will land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. It's $200 that you could spend on more of your bets, everything from money line bets to the over-under, to who you think is going to hit that first home run. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. You get paid instantly, by the way. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, the official betting partner of Major League Baseball. Welcome back to Lockdown Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. We appreciate you doing so. And also go to the YouTube channel and please subscribe there. You know, talking about Major League Baseball, I was watching uh, the uh, the game yesterday with the Reds and Elliot De La Cruz in the second inning. They checked his... Uh, they checked his bat, and the knob on the bat had something sort of attached to it. It looked like, you know what it looked like? A Mark Stone hockey stick with that big knob on the top, right? Sure. So they checked it. They put the bat back in play. He was pissed off. Comes out later on, fifth inning, and he hits a home run. Of course, comes around and just holds out the bat for the umpire. Do you want to check it again? 
So it was a facial. But again, go to FanDuel. That was the bottom line. Okay. <laughs> so, Chris, uh, yesterday we saw Logan Thompson showing up at development camp, and he got some work in. No reports officially of what he did. And they need a pool reporter. Uh, you know what? Everything that VGK does to tell us more information about what's going on or what happened. Oh, here's Logan Thompson. Wow, looks pretty. Great. Okay, he's got the kit going, all that. The kit and the fit, as they say. Okay, he's on the ice. We don't know what his results were. How much did he work? What did he do? Nothing. It's it's almost as though they they gave us a blackout there. We need a poll reporter. Um, You still aren't uh, believing in this goalie position. My thoughts are that Aiden Hill, um, again, at times you wonder, you have to wonder, could he have been a flash in the pan? Uh, again, what are the results of Logan Thompson and coming back from injury? Now, last night I did see him at the Aces game, and he appeared to be just a little sore, right? Probably got a good workout in. I don't know. Who knows? Was there just drinking his Mick Ultra light? <laughs> Life is good. Life is good. Um, no, so, 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 I, I mean, for me, I'm just, I'm still not sold on whether this is a sustainable goal. There it is. There it is. On talent itself, it is a great signing by Kelly McCrimmon. If the only thing we're going to evaluate is the talent abilities of Logan Thompson at Aiden Hill, then it's it's great, right? I mean, in a tandem situation, Tony, what do you think? The number is... You said 60-40. I, I mean, no, but no, what I'm going to say is I think how, how many starts should they collectively have between the two of them? Obviously, 82 would be nice, but it's probably not going to be like that, and it's never like that in this town. So if they can get 70 to 73 starts, you know, and and if Patera has to fill in for between 8 and 10 games, I think that's okay, right? I'm okay with that if that's I think how that it shakes out. Okay. Yeah. If that if it shakes out like that, then everything is going to be fine. Um, is Logan Hill getting paid? Look, I did it again. Logan Hill. Oh my God. I got a, I got a, something going on here. I need more sunburn or something. Just I got to do it by the last names, by the last names. Hill. If Thompson is going to, if Thompson can go 40 games, if Hill, my God, this is so bad. If Hill can go 40 ish games and life is going to be good. The biggest concern isn't Hill and Thompson. It's Patera. It's Patera being the third goalie up. I think perfect, just to put a quick bow on this, there needs to be another goalie between Patera and then obviously Hill and Thompson, someone with NHL experience, someone who can be counted on. Listen, Jonathan Quick, his numbers in L.A. were less than admirable, but he gave us, I think, 12 or 13 very quality starts down, you know, down uh, the stretch there. And if the team doesn't have Jonathan Quick, and Brossois, for that matter. That's another six or seven starts. So now we're at 20 starts between those two. The Golden Knights, they don't win the Pacific. And if they don't win the Pacific, do they still roll through the playoffs the way they do? I mean, everything changes, butterfly effect. You know, we can ripple effect, however you want to put, however you want to talk about that. But if Patera is the one taking those starts, I mean, listen, maybe Patera is going to be great. Maybe Patera becomes the next Aiden Hill. I mean, who knows the way things go in this town. Um, Logan Thompson, looking at his numbers here, his AHL starts, this is interesting here, in 2020-21, 23 AHL starts. Mm-hmm. In 21-22, 26 AHL starts. 22-23, Vegas Golden Knights, 37 starts. 
And then we know obviously very well what Aiden Hill's numbers are. He started a small handful of games early in his career. I think with the Sharks last season, it was 25 games. With the Golden Knights last season, it was 27 games. How can the Golden Knights confidently say we're getting 70-plus games between these two and that they're both going to be healthy down the stretch? Hmm. That's the concern. That is the concern. Now, long story longer here, May McCrimmon is simply taking a wait-and-see approach. He's going to wait and see how long these two goalies do stay healthy for. Maybe it all works out, and they're healthy all the way through the season, and uh, everyone can uh, rub my nose in all of this uh, come next May, and I'm okay with that if that's exactly uh, how this ends up shaking out. But you got to think McCrimmon has a plan B, right? If one of the goalies goes down, you know other skaters are going to go down. Golden Knights actually got a little more as far as the draft picks go for the next two seasons as well. So they do have assets and, you know, future considerations and all sorts of fun things to offer to possibly plug the goalie situation should one of the two go down. But I'm just not confident in the health, nothing to do with the ability. I am not confident in the health that Hill and Thompson are going to give us 73 starts next year. And that's very fair. It's a fair assessment. Uh, not a very large sample size for either one of these goaltenders. Which is a problem. Right. And, and one of my concerns, Chris, has to be they hadn't faced a lot of adversity. They were injured, yes, or whatever. But neither goalie went through a long stretch or a long losing streak. So what happens there? You know, like you lose a couple of games. Do you get down on yourself? The Thompson had a factor. little bit of a time like that where you could tell he was shaking pretty good around November, I want to say. Yeah, and then what about these starts for Aiden Hill? Aiden Hill's shaky at best. In the playoffs, what, about 75 80% of the time in games, got off to rocky starts, didn't look comfortable, and then, of course, he settled down. Another thing that we have to really uh, ponder here is will that defense be as good as it was this past season? I mean, blocking all those shots, that takes a major toll on players. Yes, they want to play for each other, but how much can these bodies, especially that of Alec Martinez, how much can his body take? No, and that's probably the best take in this whole, you know, seven-minute conversation we're having right here is can the defense continue? I mean, sustainability, that is such – I mean, I think McCribbin has that written in his office, and, you know, maybe when he goes down the stairs in his house, he he has the sign that says sustainable. He pats it as he walks out the door and stuff like that. Um, the defense, I mean, it's got to regress at some point. It, it, it has to. I mean, it's just they're not going to be as good year over year. It's not a knock on them. Just people are getting older. You know, father time is still undefeated, folks, no matter how you want to twist that. Um, can going back to the sustainability factor of Hill and Thompson, like this is very unproven. And we've seen, you know, Golden Knights get paid after career seasons. William Carlson, of course, um, Nate Schmidt got that huge bump who, you know, was he worth that? I don't know about that. So this is kind of uncharacteristic, if you will, for Kelly McCrimmon. You know, but maybe um, this is the loyalty factor. Maybe this is the loyalty factor that everyone in the National Hockey League doesn't think the Golden Knights do have to their players. I mean, they're literally keeping the same roster, you know, sans Riley Smith and probably Phil Kessel at this point um, Riley together. Riley, Riley 5-0. No, Gallic 5-0. God, this hurts. That hurts. So we were at Cowbunga Canyon. Lazy River got me, and I didn't put enough sunscreen on. And although WWTT, what the Thursday, okay? Yeah. We were walking our kids back to the play area at Cowbunga Canyon. We're going to run to the restroom. We tell the kids go off and play and do their thing. And Amanda, my wife, looks at me. She's like, is it me or is the water not on? 
and sure enough, everything turned off. So the only thing that was open for as we were walking out of there were like these two big water slides in the back and then like the pool area where the lazy river was and the waveless wave pool, whatever, whatever shoots all that water up and all that just stopped working. I don't know how long it was out for. Um, but yeah, we, it was at the end of our day, so it wasn't a big deal, but there was other people there that they were definitely, uh, yeah, they, they were looking Those for a manager. They're, they're, they're looking for summer. a manager. Oh, they're Those kids are having a terrific summer, man. And I know they're enjoying every, every ounce of everything. It's good to get out. It's, I, I spend way too much time in this office doing this work. So it's so nice getting out and doing that stuff. So nice. <laughs> Just like a host of Lockdown Golden Knights, do you still believe that, uh, any goalie can play with that defense in front. There's been that theory, right, all along, that you could put anyone in net, and defensively with the structure that Cassidy has, any goalie could, could do well. So why not? Why can't the other guy, Patera, do well? No, and that's fair. And I did say, you know, John. I think the Golden Knights could have had Jonathan Quick back there all playoff, and I think they probably get the job done too. I mean, maybe the Edmonton series goes seven, maybe Florida goes six, you know, however you want to shake that out. I really think – it was just that good of, you know, the stars aligning, no pun intended for the Dallas stars there. So yes. And that's very, very, very fair. Maybe Patera comes in there and he makes his layups, he makes his layups and everything kind of takes care of itself. Um, it can happen. It 100% can happen. I hope it does happen because if a goal, another goalie is not signed Patera, we're going to see a lot of them. And I'm not saying I lack confidence in him. I'm saying he started twice at the national hockey league level. He won both games, obviously. He did fine. Is he the goalie where if he needs to start six games in a row, you know, can he do it? Can he do that? And, you know, we saw Brossois, you know, wear down in the past starting that many games. Um, Logan Thompson, I don't know if he ever started that many games in a row. Aiden Hill, obviously, down the playoffs and all that. Sure, he did great, but the sustainability factor. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Like we, we have these conversations and we're just going to get grilled now on YouTube and, and the comments and Twitter and everything. But, you know, people have a lot of trust in McCrimmon and they should, but the sustainability factor of these two goalies, it's, it's, it's not proven. No one can argue that point. It's not proven. I, I will confidently say that. Coming up next, will the VGK coaching staff changes lead to perhaps a decline in production? Could VGK slip some without some key pieces to their coaching staff? We'll return with more right after this on Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Don't forget, coming up on tomorrow's show, it's WTF, What the Friday. Please get those comments cooking for us and leave those at Locked On VGK on our Twitter handle and make sure that you subscribe to locked on golden Knights on the YouTube page. Do you believe Chris, that there will be some drop off for VGK with the departure of a couple of coaches, some integral parts to this coaching staff, even though Cassidy had to live with them and they were holdovers. Okay. Get over that. But uh, Misha Donskoff, of course, and Ryan Craig, will there be some slippage? I how to use that term. Uh, Do you think on the coaching staff, hey, we talked about the chemistry and the continuity. Larry Brossois even said this team was a success because it had that core dating back to season one with those misfits. These were misfit coaches. These were coaches that were with the organization from day one, and now they're suddenly going to be missing from the bench. I think it does have some sort of an impact personally. 
It will have, so let's talk about Ryan Craig by himself first. Ryan Craig going down to coach, to become the head coach at the eight, in the American League for the night, for the Silver Knights is a net gain for the organization, Tony, as a whole. Now Ryan Craig is going to directly take Bruce Cassidy's system and knowledge and he knows exactly what Bruce Cassidy wants to see out of these players when they do make that jump. So the players coming up from the AHL, you know, Pahal, Dorofiev, if he's going to go up and back, uh, Miramanov, we're going to focus more on the defense, obviously, um, Keaton Korzak, players like that. Ryan Craig is going to have them, I think, set up for better success than former coach Manny Viveros. And, you know, Viveros also was, you know, a day one or sort of speak as well. So not necessarily, you know, Cassidy's guy, not a knock on him, just the reality that there was a disconnect from the American level to the national level. Ryan Craig is going to bridge that gap a little bit. That does obviously take away some of the continuity behind the bench and the familiarity of it not being Ryan Craig. Um, I really, I really wonder, first of all, when they're going to fill this void. That's my first uh, question. And then I think the only possible, at least internal candidate is going to be Joel Ward. Uh, Ward has been, I think, uh, on Viveros's roster as well since day one. Don't quote me on that. I could be wrong, but he's been with the Silver Knights for a couple of seasons now. Um, long history, obviously, at the National Hockey League level. So I think he's ready to make that jump. And then now you still have someone with, you know, the familiarity of some of these players who have gone through the American League system and just, you know, a familiarity with, you know, being around these players in Summerlin and Henderson. So I, There'll be a little bit of a concern maybe early on, but I don't think, especially if, if Joel Ward is the one who does take that spot, I think it's going to be plug and play and everything's going to be okay. Um, Donskoff, I mean, just let me read his responsibilities. For one second, I think Donskoff might have had a case of the LTs, of the Logan Thompsons. Maybe, maybe he thought that he was overlooked for that coaching position with Henderson. And maybe i i don't i don't know it, like there was still something strange about his departure i'm sorry the 10 o'clock at night tweed good luck with your future endeavors that's somebody getting kicked to the curb they're 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 bearing it definitely it, it, it i don't think it was a happy ending i think we can agree on that um so looking at his response you wanted me to say something about happy endings that was a nice i wasn't no 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 okay. no 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 we're not going down that route tony thanks <laughs> um so he provides day-to-day leadership to the Knights team's management group and hockey operations department. Responsibilities include overseeing video technology, analytics, managing the amateur and pro scouting administrative platforms, scouting and player evaluation at the amateur and pro levels, and providing support to the coaching staff. And then, of course, he advises all this to McPhee and McCrimmon. So, I don't know if anyone knows these players more inside and out than Donskoff does as far as everything that he brings to the team and, and all of that. So I think that's where the concern could be. You look at the players that have been mined, if you will, uh, Nick Wah, Chandler Stevenson, and then you look at players, you know, like Colasar on the fourth line, and you look at White Cloud, you look at Nick Hague, and then Dorofiev, and some of these other players who, you know, were scouted, drafted from other leagues and stuff like that. And, you know, Logan Thompson, I mean, undrafted. There you go. There's another one. Um, who can they possibly get 
to fill that role. And I do wonder, you mentioned about the, the coaching situation in Henderson. I don't know what the, what the trajectory is of someone like Don Scoff and that role. Is his job to elevate more on the management side, like, you know, assistant general manager, general manager and president of hockey ops, or does he go the other way and go and stay behind the bench and do the coaching thing? I don't know. Um, but I am a hundred percent with you that this was not a proper ending. It wasn't a mutual parting, right? It was not. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen any stories out there. I haven't. Of course we we haven't seen anything about Logan Thompson. There's no pool reporters. We can't get any, any good pop here. We get, we, we get what they want us to have. Okay. So I'm just wonder what's going, what is going on behind the scenes with South beach, Bruce, and Kelly McIbrow forgot to take a picture. So there's actually a sign at Calabunga Canyon where like the kids areas and there's a, <laughs> like there, it, there's the big pole that points to all these different places. And there was actually a sign pointing to South Beach. <laughs> I was going to take a picture and like do um, like a Photoshop with uh, Bruce Cassidy in there, but uh, my I got too much sunburn and I, I wonder. I wonder if Cassidy feels like you know again after season one he has more of a voice right with the team. And with the organization in the locker room, yes. I wonder. Yeah. See, who knows? I mean, success just winning hurts, man. So the movie, the movie Rockstar, you got me going here, Tony. Uh, Mark Wahlberg, he he's in a tribute band for a band that he absolutely loves. Uh, What's the name of the band? The movie, whatever. Someone can hit me on that. And he winds up actually becoming the lead singer of the band because something happens with the singer of the band. So he does this thing. He tours with them for a couple of years, does the whole rock star thing and, you know, all the stuff that comes along with that. And then they go into the studio to record like the next album, right? And he goes in there with like artwork and stuff like that for the album cover and some songs. And then the other band members are like, no, you're going to sing what we tell you to sing. You think you have a voice, you don't. So I think maybe that's the, the picture that you're drawing, but Long story longer, again, it's become my favorite thing. Keith Burza, shout out to Keith Burza. He's the one who gave me that quote, one of my former uh, directors I worked under with Caesars. Um, but Cassidy knows McCrimmon. It's his roster. I mean, Cassidy even made the comment, hey, I'll be on the golf course. You know, I'll take the call, but otherwise I'm going back golfing. And, you know, Cassidy's going to get the roster that McCrimmon slash McPhee feel he needs. And it works. It works. You know, we go back to this lovely press conference when – uh when McCrimmon had to sit next to Cassidy when uh, Cassidy was announced as the coach and McCrimmon was there to, you know, overspeak and say more and remind Cassidy that eh, the the roster composition is independent of the coaching. I forgot what the terminology was, but it was basically, Hey, it's my roster. You get the roster, you coach, I'll, I'll build the roster and everything's going to work out just fine. And it, it did. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, up here you have, little graphic here with the hands because i'm italian right so the made men are up here and then you've got like this pit boss who's cassidy like right below them and the pit boss wants to bring in some of his goombas he wants to bring in some of his buddies now to be assistant coaches right and so or does cassidy one of the made men up here does he i mean or mccrimmon the made man up here does mccrimmon now just make the signal call and bring up someone from the Wheat Kings or somewhere else to to be uh, to fill those roles with the VGK. Uh, I, that, that's that's what I'm curious about. Will Cassidy have influence on who these new assistant coaches will be? I get the feeling that McCrimmon, McPhee, 
not necessarily fully in this case, but definitely I I think McCrimmon and McPhee with the players still right exactly. But I think they spelled out the expectations. I think McCrimmon basically put Cassidy in his place and said, "No wrestling, right? Know your role and shut your hole, right? You know something along the lines of that." I really do think Cassidy understands that McCrimmon's going to put the roster together and he's fine with it. I mean, I'm sure they have some conversations like this is not completely McCrimmon closing the door. I'm sure there are some conversations. It would be, I mean, that would be the reality show that would be absolutely remarkable. You know, I'm screw this nonsense with, uh, you know, hard knocks and all that stuff. I'm tired of all that fluff. I want to see like actual, like, as crazy as this sounds, like, I want to see a camera, like, the second a player goes down the tunnel for an injury, I want to see that moment right there, like, what happens as they're trying to get the player back on the ice. Like, Jack Eichel, prime, prime example, he gets blasted by Kachuk, he goes down. Give me give me four minutes of coverage of that and to see what they're doing to him in the locker room. Give me that type of stuff. Or give me the behind-the-scenes stuff when the owner, the general manager, the coach, you know, they're all kind of having these off-season meetings about ex- expectations and everything. Give me that stuff. I'm tired of other stuff. That's somewhere where you the NHL can really do it. Answer my question. You had a question? So, okay, in there, sort of. I threw in a little. It, it was one of those questions that I just kind of slid in there. Was um Now I forgot what it was. No, the question was: Will Cassidy have some influence on who the new assistant coaches are going to be? No, minimal. I, if they go with someone that Cassidy maybe has, has bumped elbows with or cross paths with somewhere, then maybe. But if it's going to be an internal hire, if it's going to be something like that, I don't think so. I mean, what voice has Cassidy had so far? Yeah. Who knows? Right. I, I mean, in, but those other assistant coaches, I think were his call. A uh, John Stevens call, I, I think was definitely his. Sean Burke, I think was his. Well, Stevens was with the team for forever, but. Um, Burke was definitely hired. Yes, after the fact. I don't know if, who was what hired first. Stevens. Stevens was with Dallas previously, and then came in. He brought Stevens in with him. Oh, okay. Yeah, John Stevens. Yeah, no, no. You got. I'm him. thinking someone else, someone else. Then exactly. No, there's another Ryan, the the defensive coach, not Stevens. The other. It's it's another Ryan name. So forgive okay. me for not knowing. In any Ryan event. McGill. Ryan McGill. There. Ryan right, McGill. It's right below. I sound a lot okay. less knowledgeable than I am, but okay. It's all good. Uh, with this AHL team, before we close out today's segment um, and show, they want success and they also want the development of players, right, on this AHL team. I think a little bit more in season two for Cassidy, he needs to familiarize himself with the players and just not always depend on everyone. So who do you think can fit in this role? No, he knows his system, and then he has to find players that fit the system. Yes, and you made a terrific point about Ryan Craig and bridging the gap, though, as well. But, again, you're stuck in the middle here where you have to have success, but you also have to develop players. And hopefully Ryan Craig can get that done because I think they just needed a different voice in that locker room uh, down with the baby horses or whatever you're calling them these days, the town criers or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you're you're 100% on the ball with everything right there. And, you know, it's one thing when your team is not in your same city across the country, then sure, you can rely on film, you can rely on conversations with your coach. But literally, the gap from America First Credit Union, Bank of, no, America First Arena down in Henderson, former Lifeguard Arena, 
and then City National. You're talking 25 minutes as long as you don't hit any traffic on the on the the curve going right by about Eastern or so. Um, it's not that much that difficult for Cassidy to make the drive down and watch some practices himself. I'm sure he probably has. Um, I've never seen him down there, but I don't spend a lot of time around the Silver Knights. So, but I'd have to assume that he's seen a little bit more and. I think Ryan Craig, like you said, going to bridge the gap. And, you know, Ryan Craig can speak Coach Cassidy's language, whatever that is. I don't know. South Beach, Bruce language, whatever that is. And basically say, hey, this is I know this is what you like in a player. Keaton Korazak is going to bring this element versus where, where Braden Hall's not going to have this. Don't forget, coming up at tomorrow's show, we will have WTF. That's what already? It's Friday already. It's Friday. Very, very short week. This uh, three-day Gallic work week, man. Just flew by, just flew by. Three day Gallic uh, work week. <laughs> we I like work a week in two days. I know exactly. Same here. <laughs> it's so funny. By by noon, it's already. I've put in eight eight hours, and people are like, "What?" Oh yeah, I my work day is probably eight hours from six until two two thirty in the afternoon, and then usually from five to ten. That that's a traditional work day for me. We appreciate everyone tuning in, especially our everydayers, the folks that put up with us each and every day. Godspeed. We'll see you again tomorrow. For my man, Chris Golick, I'm Tony Cardasco from Las Vegas, home of the MSG Sphere and Cowabunga Bay. No, that's Henderson. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked on Golden Knights. Take care.